Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, all you sexy, sexy people. Ooh. A podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. We will have spoilers for the current episode that we talk about and every episode preceding, but we will be spoiler-free of future episodes. I'm Jason, and this quarantine got me feeling like Balthazar. <laughs> And uh, checking to see if the deputy mayor of Sunnydale is secretly cake, I'm Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) It's motherfucking cake again! (laughs) Uh, Jason, uh, what episode are we watching today? We are watching season three, episode 14, Bad Girls. Mm -hmm. This is the one where Billie Eilish... No, I'm just joking. (laughs) This is the one where another sexy, bespeckled British man shows up in Sunnydale. And yeah, there's a big fat guy in it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bad Girls was written by Douglas Petrie and directed by Michael Lang and originally aired on February 9th, 1999. All right, uh, Jason, tell me, um, tell me again what you're drinking. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a sort of vodka cranberry. I say sort of because it's it was made with cranberry juice cocktail and not vodka and and not cranberry juice. There is vodka in here, <laughs> and I may have put too much in there. <laughs> I was about to be like, Jason, that's not a vodka cranberry. Then that's just cranberry. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, you work with what you got. I didn't have cranberry mm-hmm. juice, but I did have cranberry juice cocktail. Nice. Uh, which I learned from Mean Girls is all sugar. <laughs> I am drinking a glass of red wine um, that I, as Jason and I discussed briefly uh, before we started recording, I I almost immediately regretted and wished I brought a beer with me, but... Uh, I still love red wine, so I'll be I'll be happy. All right, that's good. I mean, that's what this is all about, making you happy. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so it is uh, it's my turn to do a toast. Um, oh, yes. So, um, I'm, uh, t- cheers to uh, uh, Deputy Mayor Alan Finch. Pour one out. Um, you, but not this one. Yeah, yeah not this one. <laughs> Sorry. Um you uh, were not cake, nor were you a vampire. You were merely a, a person in an alley, and now you're a person in a river. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I have invited uh, uh, Grace to to be on an episode with us in the upcoming weeks for... Um, I actually can't remember if I told you this, Jason. So um, you haven't, um, but, but I honestly have been wondering, like, because at this point, the only people that we can really have as guests on the show is Grace and John. Um, so I had invited her to be on Doppelgangland, so that'll be in a couple weeks. Um, okay, yeah, uh, I actually good one, good one. That, that was way back in like January or February. I was talking to her, and I was like, "Oh, you know, what would be a great episode." for you to do is doppelgangland and she was like yeah i actually would love to do that 
But as I was watching this episode today, I was like, this damn, this would have been hot. a this would have been a great Grace episode. <laughs> like, yeah, like this is subtext yeah, there is... abounding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I watched Whew. the, um, after I watched the episode this afternoon, I, um, I realized they, the DVD had, um, a comment, a commentary track from Douglas Petrie. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that. I love watching the commentary tracks. And, uh, he talks about that. He's like, yeah, there was, there's so much lesbian subtext here. And he's mm-hmm. like, and Eliza Dushku just really kept pushing it. And somebody it really does seem to come from faith, which I oh, appreciate. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, and you know, we just forgot to tell her not to. <laughs> <laughs> forgot. Uh, yeah. Quote unquote forgot. And um, yeah, it is ve- that that subtext is very much coming from faith. And I do believe that canonically faith is, is by for Buffy. Like, I think yeah, she has no, a big I, I unrequited honestly... crush on her. I honestly think she's just bi in general. Yeah. While while Faith is willing to have sex with almost any guy, Xander, um, <laughs> I think she's very uh, she's very choosy about her girls. And uh, but, ooh, choosy choosy buys choose Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> choosy <laughs> buys choose Buffy. Yeah, she's very much latched on to uh, to to Buffy. Um, and you know what? Listen, I, I, I get it. And so that actually, I feel like dovetails us really nicely, um, into this opening Sorry for scene. Sorry there. I thought she said, this ducktails us very nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. Uh- I've been, uh, sorry, I've been watching the, uh, the Disney afternoon cartoons on Disney Plus because <laughs> I, I want to watch something on it that, like, it's just sitting there and I don't, and I already own, like, most of the Disney mm. movies, so... So yeah, so cartoons of my childhood. Yep. Buffy and Faith are patrolling, and while they're having this fight, Faith is asking Buffy if she's ever slept with Xander, and she's really pushy into this, like, wanting to know more details of Buffy's sex life. And I'm just... Which she's done before. Yeah. But I feel like she's going even further this time. She's like... I, I so I'm just putting this uh this is like check one in this uh crush on Buffy. Um because I don't think she gives a shit about Xander. I think that's just a, an easy way to get Buffy to talk about sex. Oh yeah, Xander was a was a hit it and quit it for her. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um they um they're fighting these vampires that are they're they they're wearing these robe vest thing so you know what they reminded me of do you remember those um like those three vampires that were knights or whatever um the th- i don't know if is it the three they were called like the the it might have been the three okay. um they very much remind me of that kind of looking like crusading motherfuckers yeah. or whatever uh, and uh, Douglas Petrie kept yeah. referring to them as bumblebees in uh <laughs> the commentary um and I was like, I thought I was just like, kind of a weird way to undercut like these characters that you wrote. Um, but yeah, they are, they do just come across as like this, a, a kind of another generic doomsday cult vampire group. Speaking of bumblebees, or things looking like bumblebees. Okay. Um, 
real quick, <laughs> when you get the chance, um, look up Pittsburgh Steelers throwback uniforms. Okay. Their jerseys are literally yellow and black stripes. So when they're on the field, they look like a fucking bunch of bumblebees. <laughs> um, you said Pittsburgh Steeler throwback? Yes. All right, let's see what... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, it's exactly what you described. So, like, I, I there should be no... There should be no shock here, but, like... <laughs> no, no, like, because I'm pretty sure in your head there's, like... I'm pretty sure it's just Jason talking about sports. And <laughs> they look like bees is something that sports people say, but no, they fucking look like bumblebees. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but yeah, um, the, uh, they are able, like, so Faith is a little, uh, a little more just kind of like stake out, ready to just fight. And Buffy's trying to, you know, plan a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. I like when she says like, all right, let's go on the count of three. And, and, uh, she's like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't have time for a plan. She's like, count of three isn't a plan. <laughs> it's Sesame Street. <laughs> I um this opening scene does such a good job of um reminding us of the differences between these two that the season has up to this point been uh establishing. Um so I I do really appreciate that it doesn't really hammer it o- over the head. We already know this about them, but right here at the beginning it's the episode does a good job of laying that out and being like okay, all of that you've learned about these two and how they work together and how maybe they don't work together, that's going to be important. Um, and I think one of one thing I've kind of noticed like these past few times we've watched these episodes is um, I think this season, and mostly because of Faith, is um, when Buffy really starts stepping up trying to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, when it first starts out, I wouldn't say she's as loose of a canon as Faith is, but she definitely kind of has that more, oh, you know, just do whatever, go in without a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think that this is kind of like when she starts becoming more responsible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that, that like, you see that develop throughout the series. And I think it really kind of starts here. I agree. I think um, uh, Faith is one of the great things about Faith as a character. Um outside of her own arc, and I do think Faith has a really incredible arc, is um, that we get to see how much Buffy learns and grows by interacting with Faith. Um, And in in a way that she, by the nature of being the Slayer, that she can't with any other character. Um, So I I love that. I love how the show um, uses this relationship. Um, So... Yay! Yeah, um, <laughs> Buffy's able to kill uh, a slit, or excuse me, a vampire who had uh, two swords. Um, one long, one short. Con- not to be confused uh, with the rapper Two Chains. Oh, uh, see, I <laughs> thought you were going to say the uh, Game of Thrones episode Two Swords. You know that's probably better, but fuck it, I'm sticking with Two Chains. Hey, no, go for it, go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, there. Yes, and one sword is long, one sword is short. And as they're, um, and Buffy says, uh, after she chides Faith a little bit, 
she uh, says, all right, let's go get the weapons, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Mr. Trick is back. Mr. Trick. Uh, and he stole those swords for Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor. Um, Harry Groner is so good. Like, he... Um, the way the way he can play this, uh, you know, Norman Rockwell kind of all American, like golly gee, um, and then turn on a dime and become like kind of terrifying. Is, yeah, is it, it, wonderful. it actually reminds me a little bit of a. Uh, oh. Oh my. It reminds me. A, <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of uh, American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the fact that like Christian Bale is able to be this yuppie kind of guy but then he's also the guy who will like like he'll turn up he, he's the guy who'll kill you with an axe and but he'll do it while uh it's hip to be square by huey lewis and mm-hmm. the news is playing yep <laughs> uh god i haven't watched that movie in fucking forever <laughs> it might be time for a rewatch hey why not um the uh yeah and the mayor is and this is great because this is really the we've seen the mayor enough that we know that there's something up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's got like wacky shit in his closet, um, but we really haven't had too much development with that story. Yeah. Um, but now, now's kind of when the main story of the season starts. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that last week. Uh, yeah, and it's it's really cool, especially when you see him say things like, "Oh, well, maybe the." Uh, We'll let the Slayers know about those vampires, and maybe they'll kill each other. Everybody's happy. <laughs> and by everybody, I mean me. Yep. <laughs> um, as we mentioned at the top, um, Mr. Trick, uh, the mayor, and uh, Deputy Mayor Alan Finch are discussing their favorite comic strips. Um, and I I think they... It, it, I, I love the, the what the writers have chosen for each of them. The mayor loves Family <laughs> Circus. Um, Mr. Trick loves Marmaduke. <laughs> Finch loves Kathy. Um, I love the fact that um, that Finch, excuse me, not that Finch, that Mr. Trick had an amazing reason for yeah. loving Marmaduke. Because <laughs> yeah, originally uh, Mayor Wilkins says, "Oh, Marmaduke, he's always up on all the furniture. It's it's unsanitary." And Mr. Trick just says. Yeah, that's right. He goes wherever he wants. <laughs> Nobody tells Marmaduke what to do. It's my kind of dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, so according to Douglas Petrie in the uh, commentary, this um, uh, this character trait of the mayors of his um, kind of germophobia um, was taken from uh, David Greenwald, uh, one of the other writers and producers <laughs> on the show, and um, one of the co-creators of uh, Angel. Um, he, he said they literally put that in there to like, um, kind of poking a little bit of fun at him. That's you. That's what you're like. (laughs) Um, but, um, it's, uh, it also is just like a really good, um, layer to this, this dude, um, who, you know, he's willing to, you know, let a vampire, cut his head in half but you know please make sure my sanitary napkins are uh 
are close by. Um, I do love that in his closet of freaky shit, <laughs> like shrunken heads and everything, he's got a little pack of sanitizing wipes. Yep. Oh, you know that Mayor Wilkins would be like handling COVID-19 in Sunnydale like a fucking boss. Oh like, my gosh, he'd, he'd be better than Andy Bashir. Yeah, there'd be like like um, hand washing stations like on street corners and like you know, uh, you know, if you don't wear a mask, you get killed. Like <laughs> 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 no coronavirus in Sunnydale. Um, you now, know, small um, favors. <laughs> now, with the appearance of these vampires, Finch does suggest that the dedication that the uh mayor is talking about uh which is coming up he suggests that it be postponed <laughs> and trick immediately just says i don't think the mayor would like that mm-hmm. and and uh the mayor eventually kind of goes into because the without this without the dedication i can't go to the ascension which are hmm. really just kind of words to us now yep uh, wonder what they could mean but yeah <laughs> then you have your intro credits <laughs> but um yeah and then they are at and then we go back to the scoobies at school yes um they are talking about uh college uh willow has gotten early acceptance from like fucking everywhere uh, they name drop what harvard yale wesleyan wesleyan mit i think uh a german uh, school that xander wesleyan. can't uh, <laughs> nice um, a German school that Xander can't pronounce. Um, is Oxford in the mix? Do you... I don't remember it being in the mix. Okay. I think it was just four, and okay. I think it was those four that you just mentioned. Cool. Maybe a fifth one. All right. Um, Xander, um, Douglas Petrie makes a joke. Uh, well, I, I, I say joke, but I don't really think it was. Um, he just kind of comments. He was like, oh, yeah, we, we wanted to set this scene up because because we knew Xander wasn't going to go to college. Um, <laughs> I was like, damn. One yeah, episode it's... after his big showcase, and they're like, this fucker's not going to college. Yeah, and it's, in all fairness, a uh, little bit of spoiler <laughs> alert for season four. Xander doesn't go to college, uh, but it also doesn't feel wrong that he's not yeah. there. Um, I mean... He's barely putting forth any effort in high school, and now you're talking about going to voluntarily more school. Yeah. Um, so, um, Cordelia stops by for um, uh, one scene, uh, and I think this is also Oz's only scene in the episode, isn't it? It is. Is this Oz's first episode with his hair dyed that color? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Cordelia comes by to, to snipe a bit. Um, and but she's mostly aiming at Xander in yeah. this. And she actually hits him with a pretty low blow. Oh, she does. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned that... Uh, yeah, because she says like, oh, uh, my daddy actually has a job. Which, um, as we've mentioned, Xander's yeah, home yeah, life she is... Says, yeah, she says um, Xander makes a comment about her releasing a a whore clothing line or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which, oof. And, yeah, that's not good. But then she says, well, I would dress more like you, Xander, but wait, that's right. My dad has a job. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. Even lower, I think. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm 
I am totally against what Xander said, but it really does feel a little more personal what Cordelia said. Yeah. Um, slut shaming is, of course, bad. But yes. um, I do think uh, it's one of those things that, too, that we are viewing this from a 2020 lens. And that was the parlance of this time. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that's not to say it was okay, but it was it was common. Um, I've mentioned that uh, Cordelia's barbs um, are, are getting nastier um, and uh, just... I just want to ke- I just point that out to keep watching that because I there I do think there is a reason I don't think it's just um, it's not it's not arbitrary but um, you can't really yeah. talk about that yet. Um, so Buffy goes to the library. Well, first, oh, first, what uh, Willow says that Willow says that Buffy uh, that Giles wants Buffy in the library, and I finished <laughs> yeah. when I was watching. I finished that off with saying. To meet my future husband. <laughs> and yes. this is, of course, referring to um, Allison Hannigan and Alexis Denisoff, mm-hmm. uh, the actors who portray, respectively, Willow and uh, Wesley. And they are married in real they, life. They very much are. Um, uh, according to Allison Hannigan, she was, like, instantly smitten with him when they met on the set and asked him out, like, repeatedly but he was he very much was just like i don't date co-workers mm-hmm. um so it they had, she had to like wait until they were no longer co-workers to be like all right <laughs> um <laughs> can we go out now please <laughs> um alexis denisoff i just want to say um is a brilliant brilliant actor um he doesn't quite we don't get to see as much of his range here in this episode but um just what we get to see of wesley and also other roles i've seen him in um like uh i really really thought he was fucking hilarious on um how i met your mother as um sandy river sandy i enjoyed his role in um it wasn't the biggest role ever, but I enjoyed his role in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, he was, um, I thought he was great in that too. Um, mm-hmm. He's also, I kind of always like forget this, but he was also um, um, in The Avengers. He was Thanos's like... Yeah, his right hand man. Yeah, sidekick guy. And, um, oh, and he was on Dollhouse as well. Um, yes. So, and, and, oh... And of course, um, the uh, Joss Whedon's uh, "Much Ado About Nothing," in which he is mm-hmm. spectacular. Um, and then again, everybody is in that. Yeah, movie. it's a really stacked cast. So um, and, yeah, and and by the way, for those of you who don't know, this is the 2012 or 2013. 2012, I think. Yeah. 2012 movie of of the name uh, "Much Ado About Nothing," and it is an adaptation of of the Shakespearean play. Mm-hmm. However, it's mostly just. Joss Whedon asking his friends and actors that he's worked with before mm-hmm. if they wanted to shoot a, mo- a Shakespeare movie at his house. It basically, yeah, it's a who's who of uh, of Whedon versus alum, um, led by the very uh, uh, capable Alexis Denisoff and Amy Acker. Um, it's uh, it's really good. And actually, fun fact, um, <laughs> such a tangent, but uh, we'll get mm-hmm. we'll get back to Bad Girls in a second. Um, Anthony Head 
was actually originally supposed to do that. He was supposed to play um, uh, Leonardo, I think is the character's name, Hero's father. Um, okay. And uh, he, he couldn't do it. Um, so the role uh, went to uh, Clark Gregg, uh, the um, venerable Agent Coulson, uh, instead, who is great in that role. Um, but I also, there's a part of me that's like, I also want to see Anthony Head in that role. Like, uh, release the head cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also that's also what they say at a bris. <laughs> oh! Damn! All right. So at the library. <laughs> um, so we get to meet Wesley Wyndham Price, mm-hmm. who is the watcher that we've kind of been dreading is going to be here for a while after, as soon as Giles got fired. Yep. And Giles is not in a, not in a good mood. No. But no. This episode, I think, sets a record for Giles' sass. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it is cranked up to 11 in this, and I love it. I also love Giles. Like, yeah, he's so sassy in this episode, but it's also just like... It, this episode is so Giles is uh, he's he's like unleashed you know he's not the watcher anymore he doesn't have to play by the rules he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do and there's also, <laughs> I there's love also it. a couple moments there's also a couple of moments we know that Giles hasn't had the greatest feelings towards the watchers council mm-hmm. but when he sees how much um how much Wesley how much Wesley's presence there uh stands for the presence of the watchers council we kind of see the disgust in his face about i can't believe i was a part of that yep um but yeah buffy shows up and yeah so wesley is a handful oh my god (laughs) that is putting it lightly i love buffy's uh new watcher is he evil last one was evil (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, Wesley is very much a know-it-all mm-hmm. and a guy who needs to make sure that you know that mm. he is a know-it-all. Yes. And he's already trying to implement his his uh, rules that he has. And um, I will say this. This scene does a lot to make us not really a big fan of Wesley from the start. But the fact that he's able to immediately know which book to go to mm-hmm. when he hears about the swords, like the two swords that the vampire was wielding the previous night, I have to say that uh, it's kind of a point in his favor. So that way you're not, you may not like him mm-hmm. at this point, but you do think, you do, um, you are like, okay, he might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, he's not completely useless. Um, yes. Um, I also... Um, Show doesn't need two Xanders. <laughs> um, Faith comes in at some point during this scene as well. And... Um, or no, this comes later <laughs> yeah, she... after they get the... They, they, they learn, basically, that these vampires were part of the El Illuminati. Not the Illuminati. Illuminati. <laughs> um... And they worshipped a uh, presumed demon named Balthazar. 
Um, so, funny story about this episode. We've mentioned before that the first little bit of Buffy that I ever saw was Go Fish. Yeah. This is the first episode of Buffy that I ever saw in its entirety. Really? Yeah. What? Um, what what a, what a, what a place to be dropped into like yeah well so the funny thing is is that when i watched this episode didn't have really any any knowledge of the series apart from what everybody knew mm-hmm. and the balthazar's presence throughout the episode made me think that he was the big bad guy oh. of the show and in this episode, he dies, and I thought, wow, that's kind of a little anticlimactic. That's hilarious. But, no, but like, uh, yeah, it was eighth grade. Um, I was, uh, I was, um, my mom worked at the church that was affiliated with my eighth grade school. Mm-hmm. And so um, she would take me home, but she wouldn't be able to get off until five. And I uh, got out of school around three. So I basically went over to the rectory and watched TV for a couple of hours or worked on homework. But 98% of the time, watched TV. <laughs> and uh, and I remember, um, I can't remember if it was on ABC Family or FX or maybe even Sci-Fi that uh, I remember seeing Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I thought... You know what? I kind of want to watch. Um, I kind of want to watch an episode of this, and I just turned it to that, and this was that episode. Nice. Um. Yeah, this episode is so dense with stuff. I just I can imagine that being very mm-hmm. confusing. Um. Oh, it was. <laughs> I I really didn't know anything that was going on except, uh, yeah, a lesbian issue killing uh killing vampires and. Sarah Michelle Gellar killing vampires. <laughs> that does happen. All that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, uh, Wesley thinks that these vampires are looking for um, uh, an amulet that belongs to Balthazar. And um, Buffy, he orders Buffy to find it. Is this where Buffy has the line where she's like, um, when Giles asks me, sends me on a mission, yeah, he says, yeah, please. Wesley, yeah, <laughs> Wesley says... Wesley says, "Oh, you will go to the you will go to the tomb tonight to get the amulet." And and she just kind of gives him this look. He says, "Are you not used to taking orders?" And Buffy just said in the best tone ever, <laughs> "When Giles asked me to do things, he said, "Please." And then I got a cookie. And the the way she goes up on the cookie is really and it's funny cuz um cuz Giles because you got Wesley, it's filmed really well. Wesley's in the background. Giles and uh, Buffy are sitting on the table in the foreground next to each other, not facing him. And um, just kind of, like, grinning at each other as they're, yeah. as they're like, fucking with him. Um, yeah. And, and, and as you said before, Giles doesn't give a fuck now. Yeah. So he he's totally okay for it. <laughs> and then... So when when Buffy walked in and Wesley said something, uh, Buffy responded with "New Watcher," and and Giles said "Yes" or "New Watcher." And so now Faith comes in and Wesley says, "Oh, you must be Faith." And and Faith says "New Watcher," and Buffy and Giles at the same time say "New Watcher." She's like, "Screw that!" and walks out, just leaves. 
And Buffy uh, says, why couldn't I have said that? <laughs> um, every time someone walks into the library, I, I mentioned this in the very first episode when Buffy walks in and Giles immediately is like, you must be Buffy Summers. Here's the vampire book. And I'm like, what if that hadn't Ooh. been Buffy? What if that was just some random student who needed a book? Um, now, we know that no students ever come get books in this library. But still, no, there was that one time that they did. <laughs> that one. <laughs> and Xander chased them out. It's like, what do you guys think this is? A library? And Giles um, has to say, yes, Xander, it is a library. <laughs> um, it, to Xander's credit, though, you could have fooled me. <laughs> um, so uh, so Buffy decides to chase after Faith and uh, that's when Faith basically says that they're slayers they can do whatever they want why let the pushy English guy mm-hmm. uh, tell them what to do which you go girl <laughs> don't let a man tell you what to do exactly um, now don't go too far, like you do in this episode. Um, but yeah, Faith, as she has done throughout this episode and some of her previous appearances as well, just talks about basically how horny slaying makes her. And she just says, come on, B, you know that you got it in you. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby's like, oh, again with the grunting. Yep. <laughs> um... <laughs> um... And we are seeing this, you know, these competing ideologies of Buffy and Faith. And Faith definitely trying to pull Buffy kind of more and more into her perspective of things. And Buffy slowly starting to relent. Um, that uh, And now is kind of the perfect time for her to do that with Giles no longer having mm-hmm. any authority over her. And... She obviously doesn't think too much of Wesley. Yeah. Um, so David Petrie, or Douglas Petrie, excuse me, um, specifically says that, like, because um, if, I, if I have one kind of complaint about this episode, um, it, it is it feels like this Buffy, t- quote-unquote, turning bad happens really quick. It's um, And in the, in the commentary, Petrie... St- uh, points to two moments as being kind of what pushes her there. One is the arrival of Wesley. Um, and the second is the near drowning experience later in the episode. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I believe both of those, but I wish the episode had done just, just a little bit more of the work to connect those, especially Mm -hmm. the drowning because I had never even thought about that because Puffy quips it off. Like it's nothing. Um, I hate it when they try to drown. Yeah, when really it should actually be quite traumatizing, um, yeah. considering what she's gone through. I know, through. I'd find it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like even if even if you hadn't drowned once already, like that would be upsetting. <laughs> so um, I don't think the episode quite connects those um, those pieces as um, smoothly as they could. But it's uh, not the end of the world. I think the the rest of the episode is strong enough that that doesn't. Um, for me at least, cause any any problems. But yeah, uh, that so Buffy decides to actually do what Wesley said, and uh, she initially finds the amulet, 
Uh, but then six vampires come in, and so she hides in one of the crypts. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when she uh, gets out, uh, Faith is there, and uh, she says, oh, well, let's take these assholes out. And, yeah. and at first, Buffy is not ready to do it because oh small space and it's still six against two which uh she then uses fractions to say it's a lot like three against one (laughs) so props to that uh but then um (laughs) so she uh so faith jumps down into the sewer that the Mm -hmm vampires escaped into but first before she does that though buffy tries to convince her not to and basically what faith does which is pretty fucked up and manipulative is basically go like i'm gonna do it no matter what and if you don't come with me i'll probably be killed yeah so um that is manipulative AF. yeah and i just want to say i love that Buffy is wearing the long black coat in this. <laughs> it looks good. It, it looks so goddamn epic. Yeah. It makes for great fight scenes, mm-hmm. which is why I think Angel wears them as often as he uh-huh. can. You, you, <laughs> and Spike, too. You gotta love a swishy coat. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, I do think it also practically um, does help hide the fact that uh, Sophia Crawford, Buffy's stunt double, is significantly more muscular than Buffy. <laughs> um, I, I will say this episode also, though, um, is really bad about hiding the stunt double. In this fight scene here, and then in the one in Balthazar's lair later in the episode, like, you get, like, Sophia's, like, full face several times. I was like, <laughs> damn. Um, so, uh, yeah, we get this fight scene between them and the vampires, um, where, as we mentioned, one of them uh, tries to drown Buffy. Um, apparently, David Petrie, Douglas Petrie, I keep I keep combining David Greenwald and Douglas Petrie in my head. Um, <laughs> I just can start saying Petrie. Um, on the commentary, he mentions he actually scripted this to be um, uh, just them fighting in, like, a whole like a room full of water like waist deep and the production design people were like ha hilarious you yeah <laughs> you get a pool <laughs> you're gonna have a little baptismal font of some sort in the corner like <laughs> that's it um, yeah, we will we will get a kiddie pool and then we will surround it with rocks to make it look like it's part of the sewer yeah um, I don't know if that's what they actually did, but it wouldn't surprise I me. I mean, listen. <laughs> listen, they've got a higher budget than they've had in the past, but still not that big. <laughs> yeah, the uh, and there is that point where uh, one of the vampires starts to try to drown Buffy, and at this point, Faith thinks that, oh god, she's done for. And uh, then Buffy gets up uh, with the sword in hand, and... Uh, she kill. She only ends up killing like maybe one or two of them, mm-hmm. and the rest get away. But uh, yeah, so this leaves Buffy with a lot to talk about. I mean, a lot to oh, talk about. My God, when she is describing, so this is right before their chemistry test. Which hey, remember they're good. <laughs> they go to school. Um, <laughs> right, like right before their chemistry test test is about to start. 
Buffy is trying to talk to Xander and Willow about this, and she's talking like a fifth grade or a five year old who has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. But she just won't stop. Did I tell you about my my what my girlfriend and I did last night? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it gets to the point where. You can tell she's not interested in taking this test, but then uh, her girlfriend, I mean Faith, <laughs> shows up and and basically just says, "Hey, let's bail." Yeah. And and I love Willow's look of horrors. <laughs> she wouldn't. No, she wouldn't. <laughs> Willow. But she does. She does. So um, we also learned that Buffy uh, was supposed to study with Willow the night before, but bailed on her. Um, and. Um, Xander's also acting real fishy whenever he hears about Faith. Oh, yeah, I forgot about um, this scene. Why does your eye twitch every Anytime time I mention Faith? Faith's name, his eye twitches. And really, like, no, it doesn't. Really beautiful uh, comedic acting out of Nicholas Brendan in this moment. It's yeah. very funny. And then Faith comes up to the window, like, you know, does that, like, on the window to fog it up, draws a heart... And then it's like, right? Like, oh my God, there is no heterosexual explanation for this. (laughs) Um, Story of your life. (laughs) And yeah, and Buffy bails. um, And they they, um, go, this scene is really cool. They go bust into a nest of vampires in the middle of the day um, and uh, just fucking whale on him which is honestly feel is yeah. a strategy really i feel like buffy should be utilizing more often like well she can't go during the day cause oh she that's right she has fucking school duh <laughs> here's the point here's my head <laughs> um but but faith doesn't go to school um i do actually i like the idea that but faith just does this like while buffy's at school it's yeah. just kind of what faith does and now she's like buffy, let's go um, but yeah, and Buffy then they go is so supercharged by this that they go and just dance it out mm. at the bronze. Mm. This um, this music, the song is uh, called uh, Chinese Burn by Curve. Um, what a great name and, for a song! Right. <laughs> it is the and it's also the music that plays on the uh, disc menu. Um, yeah, that's cool. It is cool, but it was um, very like intense uh, back in the day. As I mentioned, when I would like just fall asleep watching episodes of Buffy, if this was the the, the episode would end and go straight back to the DVD menu, and it was suddenly this like I was like, holy shit! Just waiting for one of those disc menus to be to be like just sandstorm, just straight up sandstorm. So while they are dancing very provocatively, so much so that three guys come up and start trying to grind on them. Yep. Buffy sees Angel. Angel just looks dumbfounded at what is going on because. It's just not sort of the thing that Buffy does. Yeah. I'm sure he's having flashbacks she... to the season two premiere when she was like, when she was like, post traumatic stress disorder, sexy dancing with Xander. Like... Yeah, but um, she uh, she sees him like pushes the guys away, who then like 
reform around Faith. And Faith's like, fuck then, it, yeah, whatever. And then jumps up and wraps her legs around Angel. And, you know, he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the season two arc almost repeats itself right in this moment. <laughs> um... But uh, he tries to speak to Buffy in private, and uh, he tells her about Balthazar and the fact that, hey, he's not dead, and he'll need his amulet. And Buffy says, that's okay, we we have the amulet. And he's like, that, I mean, we'll need to make sure he doesn't get it. And then Wesley shows up. <laughs> I did not realize that Wesley went into the bronze in his very first episode. <laughs> Um, but so uh, there was at apparently this point... a um a deleted scene here according to Petrie uh showing like uh Wesley and Giles um and I don't think they ever filmed it I think it was just scripted um trying to get into the bronze and they wouldn't let Wesley in but then when they saw Giles they were like oh yeah you can come in no charge like you're good <laughs> um and uh, and then there was supposed to be some, and then they like what let Wesley in with him, and there was apparently some joke about how they mis- the bouncer like mistook um, Giles for David Bowie and assumed that Wesley was like Bowie's new boyfriend. <laughs> and I wow, yeah, it's a weird joke because I don't. There's not really any similarity I would say between Bowie, like. It, between David Bowie and uh, Anthony Head. Like, yeah. I don't see... Um, which is maybe why they didn't put it in the episode. Because someone was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes, we have Wesley in the bronze looking extremely out of place. Yeah. And what's really funny is he doesn't know who Angel is. Uh, and he's... He he tries to like talk to Buffy sideways, be like, "Oh, like if you're telling me about Slayer stuff, you have to, or if you're doing Slayer stuff, you have to let me know." And Angel just says, "Where's the amulet?" And he's like, "Uh, don't worry, I've got it in a safe place." And it's... Buffy immediately just pulls it out of his jacket oh pocket because it pooches it. Yeah, and and uh, she just gives it to Angel and and. And Wesley still just is like, what is going on? What's happening? He clearly needs to listen to some booze and buff. He, right? He'll, he'll, he'll be caught up to speed. And, you know, actually, this is so indicative of where, where Wesley is in this, uh, this moment. He, is, he has come in. He has assumed authority over everyone. He is, you know, issuing orders. Uh, but he has not taken the time, clearly to uh to learn about how this operation works um you know even if he disagrees with how it, how they are operating and and wants to make changes i mean as their you know officially as their new leader that's his prerogative but he still needs to educate himself about what they are doing um yeah and he clearly has not um yeah, it's it's the same thing like when you get a new supervisor at work and they're newly promo- they're newly promoted and they think, "Oh, so or they're just not familiar with your company mm-hmm. or anything like that. They're promoted from they're they're hired from the outside. 
they come in and they think they know, okay, well, we clearly have to do this, this, and this, but they just don't know how the whole system works. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, you know, that's a sign of a good leader is being able to listen, um, especially if you're new. And yeah. Um, he, yeah, Wesley's pulling a really big major burns right now. <laughs> um, Kids, that's a MASH reference. <laughs> and, and Frank Burns is actually worse than Wesley because he was there the whole time in the series and still just didn't get it. <laughs> um, so, okay, I guess we're going to... I talk about Balthazar now. What do you? Yeah. What do you? Uh, it's me in quarantine. Uh, <laughs> it just he this. Uh, it's gross. It's gross. It feels very fat phobic. Like it feels like oh look at how fat this demon is. Like isn't he disgusting? It's. I don't like Balthazar. I I he he brings this episode down for me. Uh. Um, yeah, and it might also be because he doesn't ever really do anything. Establish himself <laughs> as a as a significant threat. Yeah, he he beheads like one of his vampire mooks like with his bare hands, but eh, like that's not that's not that impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, we are seeing. I you know I feel more threatened by the mayor who we have not seen display any signs of. Um, violent behavior than I do by this guy. Um, he just doesn't have that presence. Um, also, one of his underling, one of his minion vampires, it's, I, I think it's the one who goes after the mayor, looks like fucking Vince Vaughn. Like, <laughs> it's not Vince Vaughn. I checked. I literally was just like, <laughs> is that Vince? Like, it's it's not. But he, he just, he's got that square Vince Vaughn head. <laughs> like... <laughs> So I actually really like Vince. Oh, Vaughn. I do too. Uh, that, yeah, that, I'm. I'm sorry if I sound. I of course I. Was, I don't know why I'm saying like if I sound like I'm insulting him. I just said he had a square <laughs> head. I. I. I do like Vince Vaughn, but like. No, but I. Uh, it was really funny. We watched um, this th- this past week with my family. We watched Anchorman, mm-hmm. and uh, Vince Vaughn is so great as just this random. He's one of big the... name celebrity. He. He's Wes Mantooth. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. kind of the guy who just keeps saying, like, I hate I hate you, Ron Burgundy. I hate you. And he, it's not a big part, but he makes every moment of it count. No. And, yeah, Vince, I think Vince Vaughn, I, I think he gets a bad rap. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really easy for people to kind of attack him. But especially in the movie Wedding Crashers, he delivers his lines at speed, but also just so damn in such a damn funny way and i applaud him for that i i love the movie wedding crashers and he's probably the second biggest reason why i love it uh vince vaughn is one of those actors who yeah i think he has a bad reputation because he got stuck in that spot um especially post wedding crashers of Mm -hmm. being stuck starring in shitty like shitty movies and like he um often those kind of broad, tasteless comedy films. Um, But he is really talented. And when he actually is given a role where he gets to showcase that talent, um, he's really good. Um, Around, actually funny, around this time, he actually would have been starring in uh, Gus Van Sant's uh, Psycho Psycho remake. remake. 
Um, which is... Which I've never seen. It is... It is fascinating because I, I think you, it is a shot-for-shot remake of the okay. original. Um, but the thing that you have... To, I think you have to go in realizing is that it is not a movie it is like it's like an experiment i really do think it was i don't think gus van sant had any like thought of like making a movie for people to watch i think he was just like i want to see if i can like do this and i know that sounds really weird to say but i don't yeah it's like it's weird it's not a good movie mm-hmm. Um, but I do think Vince Vaughn is very good in it. It's also got Viggo Mortensen, I, um, Julianne Moore, I think Maria Maria Bello, maybe? Yeah, I actually wouldn't mind seeing it. If for nothing else, then I just kind of want to see what Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates yeah. looks like. I, I really just kind of want to see that. It's such... It feels like weird casting because, like, now, because we think of him as such a comic actor. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that was one of his first big roles. Like, I don't think he was known as anything in i think you're right um i i think maybe his only big thing before then might have been swingers or swingers may have even come after not sure so um all that to say is this vampire minion is not played by vince vaughn (laughs) yeah but um yeah so buffy and faith actually find balthazar but they're like oh well he's not going anywhere clearly and uh, they want to get some weapons. So Faith decides, hey, I'm going to break into the sport and tackle store. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to say, I guess it's a silent alarm because yeah. there's no actual alarm going off. The police do show up. Yeah, it's either um, a silent alarm or like someone sees them do it and calls the police. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe they were just doing like the rounds and drove past and went, hey, that's strange. There's a big honking hole in the <laughs> in the window of the sport and tackle store um but yeah faith faith is basically saying hey because we're slayers we can do whatever we want we can want take have. want take and then, have and then just start stealing weapons and that's when buffy says want take have and she takes it. breaks a case and gets a knife yep um weird that this store is selling like kind of medieval style daggers um and not you would think like hunting knives or you'd be surprised the knives that you can find at those sporting goods stores especially in sunnydale i guess like yeah um i I mean it's probably not too far away from the from the magic shop which sells (laughs) tons of weird shit so um they actually have like a business partnership like someone needs a like a ceremonial dagger oh you'll actually want to go down to the uh the sports sporting goods store they'll they'll have what you need um i do well i i think it's important to think about uh, to kind of talk about this though that there is i do think there is some validity to what faith is saying like would there if there had been these if these demons had been attacking people in the street Buffy and Faith didn't oh, yeah. have any Break weapons. Into the store and get and, weapons. Yeah, um, but that's not what's happening. You know, they specifically. It it kind of makes me think of um, uh, Breaking Bad, <laughs> weirdly, where early on in the show, Walt is given um, his like old business partner um, offers 
to pay for all of his cancer treatments and stuff. He is given an out very early on of the of this of the drug business. Um, he his excuse of "Well, I have to do it to pay my medical bills" goes away, but he refuses yeah. because that excuse was only ever just an excuse. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing here. They they as they mentioned, yeah, Balthazar is not going anywhere. We do have the time, the capacity to go back to the library to stock up on weapons. But that's not what Faith wants. And Yeah, and you know that Faith just gets a rush out of doing yeah. this. Faith she loves doing bad things. She's a bad girl. Faith is like pure id. Mm-hmm. Like, um and uh and yeah, and I it, Buffy is you know, Buffy is Buffy's like, yeah, you know, okay. I am, I'm starting to see it your way, Faith. Um, Of course, as soon as she does start (laughs) to see it her way, then the cops show up and arrest them. Can't get away with nothing. Yep. (laughs) And uh, they're driving and uh, Faith is just like, hey, you want to get off here? And uh, so they kick the, um, they kick that metal screen that's behind the front seat of the cop cars, like into the cops' heads, mm-hmm. and the car crashes. They're they're fine. I mean, they're they're injured, but they're they're not dead. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then, Buffy and Faith just leave. And uh, the next morning, uh, Joyce's only appearance. Oh, and she um, makes it count. Yeah, she. Uh, Buffy is looking through the paper to make sure that there's nothing about what she and Faith did in it last night. Yeah, I don't think Buffy understands uh, when papers have to go to print. Um, (laughs) There is absolutely no way that her and Faith... she's Buffy, not Rory Gilmore. (laughs) Um, She really should be watching the morning news, but okay. (laughs) But, uh... And then Joyce shows up and... Wants to make her waffles. What does Joyce say, though? Joyce says, um, when she walks in, she says, like, um... Oh, fuck. She says, like... She doesn't say... Like, I want to say she says, like, oh, I know what you did, but she doesn't. But it's something that makes Buffy kind of jump and, like... Um... I don't remember. But you have this moment of Buffy being, like, really freaked out that, like, somehow Joyce knows that she... Broke yeah. into us. Maybe she said, like, think you can get, like, I think you got away with it or something like that. Something and like that, yeah. So, like, yeah, because she goes into wanting to make waffles, and, uh, God, this, this actually made me hungry for waffles. <laughs> um, I, had, I had had pancakes, uh, just before I watched the episode. I had, um, gotten, uh, uh, the main blueberry pancakes from Cracker Barrel the other day, and I, okay. but of course, you get three of them, and they're like this fucking pig, so I didn't finish them, mm-hmm. so I ate them for lunch, like, right before I watched the episode and um i love joyce's like uh but because buffy's like no i don't want any but like yeah i'll I'll help you make them if if you want and joyce is like no no if i if i don't make them for you then they then they still have calories or something like that (laughs) i feel Um, that joyce so uh when after buffy sees there's nothing in the paper about her then she uh leaves and or she hands the paper to joyce and I really hope that Joyce always says, what's happening today, Sunnydale, whenever she <laughs> opens the paper every day. I hope this isn't a, 
I hope this isn't a one-time thing. I agree. Um, also, almost certainly horror and death. Like, yeah. why is she so excited to? <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to. I don't know if I'd want to read this paper. Right. Um, meanwhile, uh, Mayor Wilkins is um, is in his office, and uh, when the cabinets opened up. When his crazy cabinets opened up, one of Balthazar's vampires is there. But uh, Mr. Trick, like, immediately just cold cocks Yeah, him Mr. Trick! Yeah. He, he's so enjoyable. Yeah. I, I'm really glad, because it feels like it's been a long time since we've seen Wilkins and Trick together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really glad that uh, we get to see them again in this capacity. Yeah. I'm really working well together. Like I really, I'm really loving their repartee. Like um, they, they, they seem like they get along. Like I'm. Oh, uh, I almost forgot. Before, like the beginning uh, of this scene with Mayor. Wilkins, is it the Boy he Scouts? Takes his picture. Yeah, he <laughs> takes his picture with the Boy Scouts. So, um, another little tidbit I learned from the commentary. Um, uh, apparently, that was the Boy Scouts was like a Joss Whedon edition. And, or, or Joss Whedon had asked him to include that in the script. And um, he was like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, the mayor is being forced to, like, pose with the Boy Scouts. And Joss Whedon was like, no. He like, likes Yeah, it. he really actually, he, like... Yeah, he, he wants to do um, it. And Petrie said that that was for him. The, the character of the mayor really clicked for him to be able to write for that character of, like understanding mm-hmm. like oh yeah you've got this like even later in the episode we get his to-do list that's like you know become invincible is flanked with like meet the pta and get a haircut like you know yes. he does take this this like the civic duties of his job very seriously um you know he just happens to also be evil um but the uh but yeah the um and Mayor Wilkins says to uh, just put the uh, put the vampire in a cage because uh, and Trick is confused. He thinks, well, he'll just attack you again if he gets out. And Mayor Wilkins is like, yep, maybe he will. <laughs> golly gee, you might be right, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly gee. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Balthazar is just pissed that he hasn't gotten his am- amulet, so he's just. He's just yelling like, I don't care about anything! Kill the slayers! Kill everything! Just get me my amulet! Yeah, that, like, that's his character. That is what he does. Like, ugh, I really don't like this guy as a villain. Um, but um, he does make reference to an enemy who is the reason that he's like mm-hmm. that, and he's crippled. And, uh... But yeah, and he knows that that enemy is uh, about to gain ultimate power, and he doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. He wants to he wants to be the powerful one. Um, so in a way, you're kind of like taking out the lesser of two evils yep. here. Um, uh, uh, it yeah, is interesting then, uh, that at this point in the season, we're about halfway through, and Buffy still. Uh, you know, has interacted with the mayor back in uh, Gingerbread, but you know the gang does not know that the mayor. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. So you know that's important. Um, they're very they're very unaware of what's going on. Um, and uh, surely they should have known by now that a big bad's gonna <laughs> pop up. 
I mean, it's we're in the second semester. I'd here. be suspicious. <laughs> I'd be like, "Where's that big bad?" Um, uh, Willow and Buffy are sitting on her bed, and uh, Willow makes a nice protection spell for her that also smells very nice because she put lavender in it. This scene, I feel so bad for Willow in this scene. She is so sweet, and I. Uh, feel bad for her. I feel real bad for her. Yeah. We've come a long way from feeling not so great about her. Yeah. When she was, when she was uh, behind the behind closed doors uh, smooching with Xander. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Buffy, Buffy says, oh, well, there's kind of a thing that uh, I am going out slaying. It's just you're not coming with me. Yeah. And uh, then Faith shows up. And that's when Willow kind of realizes, oh, all right, you go go hang out with your your new girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's frustrating because it's uh, you know Buffy's sentiment of you know it's too dangerous is you know sweet, but that's long gone out the window. Yeah, I mean Buffy Willow has been out in the field before. Willow is the they most. Just- they just stopped an apocalypse yeah. last week. Willow is like the most capable she's been uh, before. Um, it, you know, this really is just an excuse that Buffy wants to kind of uh, embrace this side uh, that of uh, this kind of faith, more faith-like attitude. And I don't think she wants Willow to be around that because I think she knows that Willow would be. Um, uh, kind of judgmental about it um in a in like a good friendship way (laughs) and it also might just be that at this point she she's got such a chemistry with faith and uh she kind of doesn't want anything maybe she knows that an outside influence will Mm -hmm. will have an effect on that yeah um Um, so the big scene of the episode uh and really i would i think that kind of the turning i the really significant turning point of the of the season um right now yeah they fight um uh buffy and faith fight a uh, a bunch of the vampires who've been sent out by balthazar and uh then for some reason alan finch the deputy mayor he's kind of just been hanging around and it looked like he was actually trying to attack buffy which makes zero sense. Yeah. He re- I don't know if he just he I don't know if he's out. just getting jealous of Mr. Trick <laughs> and stuff like that or I don't know. I do I think mm, I think we get a little more context in the next episode. Okay, it's been a while yeah. since I've seen I, this, but yeah, um uh he he grabs Buffy. Buffy throws him up against a wall and uh I think she can tell that he's a, he's not a vampire, yeah. at least not one of the ones that they've been hunting. And uh, Faith um, just goes in and stakes yeah. him. Yeah, Buffy and, definitely uh, realizes horrified. that he's human because she she tells Faith she yells Faith no right before Faith yeah. does it, but Faith's already it's it's yeah, too late. She, Faith is like mid stake when yeah, and she's horrified because. He doesn't disappear. He doesn't get dusty. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. It's and 
and they really don't know what to do. Buffy yeah. is asking um, Faith to like, help me, but uh, like Faith is just kind of standing there. Yeah, it's and, pretty uh, intense. Yeah. Um, this death is pretty horrifying, you know, like um, it's violent, you know, stake to the heart to a human. Um, I, Sarah Michelle Gellar is so good. And her, just those eyes, her reaction to this as he's dying. And we've had, and we've had reference to this before of, um, like one of the number one rules for slayers Mm -hmm. is to not harm humans. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty intense. And, um, they, uh, they, they flee. Um, yeah. They, 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 there's nothing that they can do really um, Buffy runs into Angel and uh, he says like oh Balthazar took Giles yeah. which actually um, we saw earlier um, and we, we didn't really mention it but yeah, there, yeah. Um, Giles and uh, Wesley were um, were, were taken uh, whilst kind of arguing about the, the best way to handle Buffy um, there's a the Wesley is reading Giles's like journals from when he first met Buffy, mm-hmm. and it's really funny because we are seeing kind of reminded that Giles had a similar kind of attitude yeah. when they first met that Wesley had. <laughs> um, and yeah, but... she butchers the English language so much he can only understand every other sentence. Yeah. Um, but Giles stands up for her, and he just says, "You have to get to know her," and. There is another uh, scene that we kind of skipped over before. How like um, uh, Wesley says, "You're not really helping," and uh, and and uh, <laughs> yeah. Giles, as sassy as ever, just says, "No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm so torn up about it," and then just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, earlier in the episode, uh, when Buffy leaves after meeting Wesley, there's a great shot where both. Uh, Wesley and Giles take off their glasses like simultaneously and start cleaning them. And then Giles sees that Wesley's doing that and like and he stops, stops and like puts <laughs> them on. <laughs> like sort of stop. It's really great. Uh, because as much as we are kind of, you know, we're pointing out that this episode is showing us how different Wesley and Giles are. Um, there are definitely similarities there. Um, even yeah. that go beyond they're both British. Um, <laughs> And they both wear glasses. Um, and they're both fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh... But, um... Well, we're, uh, oh, so, yeah. yeah, he tells them so, that they've got yeah, Giles. Balthazar, yeah, Balthazar has uh, the... has uh, Giles and Wesley. And so he's asking uh, questions and Wesley just says, he's ready to just spill Oh, it. my God. He's, it... So <laughs> he folds like a cheap suit. Um, it, it just so quickly. There's a um, there's an episode um, much much later um, where uh, over on Angel that I watched the other day that kind of made me think about this. Where they um, w- uh, an evil character is trying to get information from another character and like hits that character like one time. And they start talking, and immediately they're they're like, seriously, like 
we didn't even get to start like like actual torture it's not fair <laughs> um uh that was as like as vague as i could possibly be <laughs> but yeah it's like and while and while uh wesley is totally cool with just like spilling uh spilling all these secrets which he doesn't have complete information in the slightest yep. um yeah he's like oh yeah the Buffy... just giving him shit throughout the whole he's thing. like buffy gave it to a friend uh i don't know his name but he's tall uh, <laughs> dark <laughs> sexy and, and of course <laughs> balthazar just says ah who what is the name of the man who has my medallion and angel's like his name is angel and yeah he and buffy just start killing all the vamps mm-hmm. what's really awesome is uh buffy frees giles who then pushes wesley over <laughs> and proceeds to fight and i gotta say when Giles gets a hold of a sword, oh, it's awesome. I was so horny. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. And um, Balthazar has this weird kind of telekinesis that he can use yeah. on vampires, it looks like. And he starts to use that on Angel, but then Buffy just like pulls the cord of a lamp, which is conveniently perched right over balthazar's little slime pool and it falls in and electrocutes balthazar so angel's safe and uh you think balthazar's dead but uh he still has one last thing to say he says like oh uh my enemy when he rises you wish i killed you all so you know uh, this ominous (laughs) yeah and uh that we are then we then are kind of uh shown the mayor uh kneeling in a pentagram and mr trick is right there and uh after the mayor performs his little ritual of dedication i love at the very end of it after there's like this dramatic earthquake he says what it does make sense that alan would have missed this he's normally so punctual (laughs) but then uh but anyway he gets up and uh Trick asks, "Oh, how do you know that the uh, that this that it worked?" And he says, "Oh, release the vampire." So the vampire comes out and like uh, he has a sword, slices the mayor's head in half, and then his head just goes right back together. Yeah. The the so, uh, the CGI here is a little wobbly, um, but the the it's moment okay, it's the 90s. yeah the moment is cool though like. I, I literally, before I watched this episode, I watched the movie Mars Attacks, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I'm not sure what year that movie came out, but it um, it has some very questionable CGI, but I also, oh, 1996, um, I think that's part, uh, I think it's part, um, oh, that's what they had at the time, but I think it's also just Tim Burton trying to capture as much of the... Uh, 1950s sci-fi films as mm-hmm. you can yeah uh but yeah um and uh so then he so then uh trick states the vampire and so now the and the mayor says that oh so now i have a hundred days until my ascension and i am completely invincible yeah so clearly this is the enemy that balthazar was talking about so then he's like hey who's up for root beer <laughs> 
Um, and then the final scene, um, I, I think probably my favorite scene in the episode, that final line just gives me chills. Um, Buffy goes to Faith's apartment to, to discuss, um, the death of Finch. She, um, what they're going to do about it. Um, Faith is having like a full on like Lady Macbeth, uh, moment. Oh, damn spot. Yeah. Um, and she, Buffy says like, Faith, you don't get it. You killed a, you killed someone. And Faith says the line that just, Ooh, no, you don't get it. Yeah. I don't care. And yeah, Oh gosh. And she does reveal before this, I think just important to mention that she's like dumped the body. So, um, like even if Buffy wanted to do something about the, about it, like at this point, like, yeah, the evidence has been disposed of. Um, but yeah, Eliza Dushku does such a great job. That delivery of that line, you don't get it. I don't care. And then just closing the door in Buffy's face is, it's it's oof 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 yeah um and this is it goes without saying that this both of these last two scenes set the stage for mm -hmm. the rest of the season yeah like we we meant that like they're gonna kick when we said that they're kicking the story the season's story into full gear Mm -hmm. we meant it and yeah this episode has consequences (laughs) (laughs) Which we'll find out about next week and for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, so I have one last bit of trivia that I just want to... Well, it's kind of trivia. Um, so there are, um, on, in lots of places, uh, including right here on the Buffy Wiki, um, there are people... Uh, you can see people talking about how originally... Um, the end scene was supposed to be completely different. Faith was, or Buffy was supposed to go to Faith's motel uh, to find Faith uh, having died by suicide, having hanged herself, um, just like racked with guilt over what she did. Um, but allegedly, they were so impressed by Eliza Dushku, they changed their mind. I cannot find anything that actually corroborates that, like from official sources. Um, it's not in the Watcher's Guide. Um, Petrie does not mention it at all in the commentary, which, like, you would think would come up. Seems like a big thing. Yeah, you would think would come up in a commentary. Like, that's kind of their purpose. So, I'm skeptical of this. I, I would, I'd be willing to bet it's probably more of an urban legend. Um, but listeners, if you, any of you, like, have, like, an interview from, like, Whedon or Petrie or one of the creators or Eliza Dushku or something that confirms this um, other than just like internet hearsay, um, please send that to us. I would love to see that. Yeah. So um, I think this is such a good episode. I am, you know, I, I, I really don't like the, um, the Balthasar stuff. He's is he's a shitty villain. I just don't care for him. Um, uh, it's, it's everything else. Yeah. It's the little stuff in the episode yeah. that makes all it. of these character beats are so good. I mean, in particular, the Buffy and Faith stuff, of course, is wonderful. But also the you know Buffy Faith 
Giles and Wesley stuff and the mm-hmm. even the little bits of Buffy and Willow that we get are are significant and um um you know even like only a couple scenes but Buffy and Angel and it's I think it's a really strong episode for character development it's a really strong episode obviously for moving the plot forward on both Faith's storyline and the mayor storyline um yeah I'm so I'm gonna give this episode four mm-hmm. out of five uh dead deputy mayors of Sunnydale. And I'm giving this episode four out of five college acceptance letters for Willow. Zero for Xander. Zero for Xander. (laughs) (laughs) And none for Xander Harris. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You go, Willow. Um, If anyone would like to uh, do that Photoshop for us. (laughs) <laughs> it is welcome uh jason do you have a drinking game for for this week <laughs> how about uh every time there is complete lack of lesbian undertone in this <laughs> okay episode. interesting you we're gonna we're gonna take our drinks in the negative space of the <laughs> of the lesbian subtext i like that i like that um i i I had a feeling you might say that or go the lesbian route. Um, I've often felt that you might go the lesbian route, Jason. Um, Name your sex uh, name. <laughs> but um, so I was like, I was like, okay, I need to have a um, need to have a a backup. <laughs> um, my so my drinking game is um, take a drink anytime. Uh, Wesley is just really bad at what he does. <laughs> I love the way that you phrased that too. I thought you would have said something along the lines of Wesley is annoying, but no. When he's really bad at what he does. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, anything else for your, for you for this one? None. It's, um, this is just bit, I, I really like, um, uh, I just really like that this is kind of the turning point of the season, mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to all the episodes that come after this. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Me too. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Consequences. Uh-huh. See what I did I there? I do see what you did I there. I referenced it before. <laughs> I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij 357 Y-A-M-I-J-A-Y-357. And on Twitter, at just plain old Yami J. Plain old Yami J. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. If you want to hear my thoughts on uh, the uh, films of the horror variety, please check out my horror blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com where I post a weekly review of a horror film. Uh, Just this uh, past week, I posted my review of the 1932 film White Zombie. I did not like it. (laughs) Why did it have to be white? (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. The and is spelled out. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Once again, the and is spelled out A-N-D. 
You can also find us on YouTube where we will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting National Organization for Rare Disorders, NORD is a patient advocacy organization dedicated to individuals with rare diseases and the organizations that serve them. NORD, along with its more than 300 patient organization members, is committed to the identification, treatment, and cure of rare disorders through programs of education, advocacy, research, and patient services. Visit www.rarediseases.org for more information. Mm-hmm. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Goodbye. Because this episode sure was. (laughs) Very.